Hello and welcome to another episode of the CG Garage. This is episode number 365, featuring Jonas Using and Stina Sorensen, uh, who are the uh, um, a married couple that has co-founded a company called Space Office VFX uh, in Denmark. And it is very exciting to have them and to talk about their amazing careers. Kristen, what did you think of uh, Jonas and Stina? Yeah, well, they both kind of had similar career paths where they both wanted to pursue this entertainment lifestyle and everyone's like, no, get a real job. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they're like, okay. And they both like didn't like it. So Stina actually, she uh, worked in the kitchen for a year to save up money to go to the animation workshop, which is in Denmark. Um, so she studied there and then uh, Jonas uh, watched Star Wars and was like, oh my gosh, it's the magic behind all the movie making. Um, so he uh, quit his job at a computer company and spent a year making his reel, got into this business. Yep. Um, but they kind of just go into how they created Space Office VFX, which is two years old. Mm -hmm. So it started at the beginning of the pandemic. And you guys talk about um, how they grow their company just from their both their backgrounds um, and how they're charge, charging for rendering, just their home office setup. So yeah. just a lot of good like information, especially for people like starting a business now or anything like that. So. Yeah, it's very interesting because obviously, like you said, they started a business right you know, at the beginning of the pandemic. And so starting a business with under those circumstances creates a very different kind of business model, which is very interesting and very cool in a lot of ways. And so obviously one of the things they, they did to leverage this is they use Chaos Cloud to do a lot of their renderings. That way they don't have to have, they have just you know two computers in their house and they have an entire visual effects company and that's what they how they manage that. So it's kind of a crazy uh, crazy thing to think about uh, and really kind of interesting what, what they're doing. Uh, really great couple. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed uh, talking to them. So thanks for, thanks for being on. Okay, we have a big event coming up on March 8th. Kristen, what's happening? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so starting tomorrow, March 8th, and it's going through March 10th, uh, it is a THU camp, and Chaos uh, will be hosting Ian Spriggs, um, who will be, it's a workshop on lighting humans, and Ian will be explaining all that, and it will be part of their technical track option. So if you go to chaos.com slash events, you can get all the information for this, and join Ian online. Yeah, it's great. I've, you know, obviously I've, I'm a big fan of Ian's and I love the stuff he's done. He's actually came out with a book recently, which is really, really great book. I highly recommend it. But uh, this workshop will be really cool for you guys to sort of check out and see some of the techniques he uses for lighting digital humans. And it is uh, a big, you know, he goes through a lot of detail. So I'd highly recommend this one. Um, another announcement we have is that uh, March 8th uh, is, uh, again, tomorrow is International Women's Day. And we want to make sure that if you guys want to celebrate it, you guys can check out some of the previous episodes of some great entrepreneurs, uh, women entrepreneurs uh, that I've had on the podcast recently. Actually, episode number 363 with Murray. Diana Acuna, and 362 with Christina Heller. Those are really great ones, and they talk a lot about, you know, VR and virtual production and, you know, the metaverse and all those things, and they're really, really great. So I'd definitely go celebrate uh, uh, International Women's Day by listening to some of those other podcasts, uh, episodes that you may not have missed uh, in the past. So besides that, uh, when, if people want to know more about the podcast itself, uh, where can they go, Kristen? 
You can go to facebook.com slash cggaragepodcast or chaos.com slash cggarage. And if you'd like to watch us, go to youtube.com slash chaosgrouptv. Perfect. If you have any ideas for podcasts or suggestions, please email us labs at chaosgroup.com. We would love to hear your input. But for now, enjoy episode number 365 with our good friends from Space Office VFX. Welcome to another CG Garage where the Chaos Group talks. You'll know it's over when the last bucket drops. We're gonna fire off rays in high dynamic range. We know that ambient occlusion is passe. Global illumination won't lead you astray. And while image-based lighting is really swell, you need to make sure everything has for now. Well, thank you guys uh, for, for joining me. Uh, and uh, uh, thanks again. I think Henry gave us the suggestion that we should talk to you guys. So I'm very excited yeah. about, about that. Um, but I'd like to know, uh, for, for a great, you know, usually start these things off by finding a little bit about your back history and things that inspired you and you even go back to your childhood and what got you in, interested in art and creativity and animation and all these things. So what are some of the things that inspired you, Stina? Drawing. Drawing? Uh, yeah. I was a kid in class that just was drawing. My math book was just full of scribbles and I was got the... Minus points for <laughs> too many drawings in my books. Yeah. Um, and I always wanted to do something with drawing, but I, w- I was always told that, nah, you can't do anything with drawing. You, you don't have to find a real job and all that. that like most people here. Yeah. Um, so I tried a little bit of this and that, worked in a kitchen and all that, but um, I... I always ended back with drawing uh-huh. and then I discovered the school in uh, we have a very cool animation school in Denmark called the animation workshop. And I mm-hmm. discovered that way back in 2002 and I really wanted to go there, but it was very expensive back then because you had to pay a lot of money to go there before it was before it went, became a bachelor and government, um, paid and all that so you had to save a lot of money so I worked for a whole year in a kitchen saving every penny I could and then I went there and I got into animation okay well that's a, that's a, that's amazing so uh so what I mean you do know that you know going from drawing that you wanted to animate is that is an animation sort of one of the things that inspired no, you no not right away I also went to, before I went to that school, I went to a, like a art school, like a half a year where you, you live at a school and you paint every day. And mm-hmm. I wasn't sure I was going to paint or anything. It's just, I was more into comic strips and storytelling. And, and then somehow I discovered that animation could uh, combine that. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's really great. Uh, so, what were some of the what were some of the animation projects that sort of inspired you that that really got you interested in this kind of stuff? I I mostly grew up with Disney. I was so okay. in love with the Little Mermaid when I was a kid, um, and I was also 
mostly inspired by that when I went to the animation school. But then, you know, of course, I, I discovered uh, a lot of other things. Uh, uh, Miyazaki and it broadened my horizon and I discovered that it's not only pretty <laughs> drawings and um, yeah but actually even if it was the drawing that got me into animation I actually kind of slithered away from drawing now because now I'm almost, almost only CG mm-hmm. so I've gotten rusting my drawing has become rusty it's a pity but right I just, you know, that's how it went. You know, I just... Right. One project to another project. It was all CG. So uh, even if I could 2D animate when I dreaded it from school, I'm, I'm, I don't think I would go on a 2D project now. I think I'm, I'm too rusty. <laughs> Did Is that what you studied in school was 2D animation? Not only. Um, it's a, a three year bachelor yeah, at the animation workshop. So the first mm-hmm. year was 2D animation and back then it was like on paper and drawing. Uh, and then the second year was uh, Maya, uh, CG animation. Uh, and then the third year was like our bachelor project. We could decide if we wanted to do it in 2D or 3D. I made one in 2D. Um, and then there was uh, three months of uh, internship. I went to Spain to a studio mm. called Thinkia, working on uh, Pocoyo. <laughs> um, and I actually got a job there afterwards, after I graduated. I came back to that studio and worked for a little bit until the show was canceled. But... Yeah, yeah, so I went straight from okay. school into business. That's great. That's great. Well, so then when, so after, so after Spain, you came back to Denmark? Yes, I came back and then I worked on a, a 2D feature film in Copenhagen. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I was thrown right into it. I, I I got one of the main characters, so I was really stressed out. Just almost a new student coming out from school and then you just handle the main character. It's It was a very low-budget right. film, so it wasn't a very... It, we weren't many people on that film so but still sure. just what is what do you call it a fire bat- baptism <laughs> just <laughs> baptism by fire yeah, yeah baptism yeah. by fire yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's great that's great okay what about you Charles? what were some of the things that got you into this world well, I, was, I was actually also kind of the drawing kit in school, um, uh-huh. I, I didn't take it as far as Tina, I think, but you know, sort of around the age fifteen, I started getting frustrated that my drawings weren't. I, I, I stalled, you know. I mean, when you're ten to fifteen and you're a fairly good drawer, it's easy to impress. But then when you're fifteen and you, you're not drawing professionally anymore, and I've, I've just stalled there. I haven't evolved my drawing skills since the age right. of fifteen. No, but. <laughs> But the cool thing about this business is you can still use the drawing in some way to sketch out a 3D scene or a 3D model before you make it. So it's still a great tool. I still use it a lot. But I couldn't. I, we also scribble our own storyboard drawings. And you are actually a really good storyboard artist. 
yeah. comes faster about Irish. <laughs> <laughs> and I know Some... because I've been doing, you know, translating your storyboard drawings into the previous one on our projects, and I know they fit really well. So right, they're not they're not, your, they're not your uh, super detailed advertisement agency storyboards uh, because they're often they look they look very good, but they're probably not very cinematic in terms of solving the staging of a scene. Whereas when I draw out really fast storyboards for animation projects, I've got the 3D in mind. So I've sort of solved the staging of it. So Stina can basically plug in the cameras and... and... But anyway, that's a sidetrack. Um... <laughs> yeah. oh, I like this process. But, okay. But anyway, so but yes, it's a good skill to have. So you, 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 you're still drawing a lot and you, you quote unquote... I, I say I, I peaked at the age of about five or six. I was really good. <laughs> I mean, I still was pretty good, but I had, I had, I would look back at some of my drawings when I was five or six. It's like, wow, it's yeah. gorgeous. And the, it's amazing. Cool. And, and then you just, you'd mature too much and you learn how to draw a house like this. And it just sucks after that. Yeah. And, and the cool thing about drawing at, 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 you know, at that age is, you know, our, our kids will just draw a drawing and they'll say it's finished on the fridge and they never look back. It's done. And <laughs> yep. grownups can't do that. We criticize ourselves. We never finish. We throw it out. We get angry with our lack of talent, you know. Yeah. That's when it stopped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you see, you still manage to make your storyboards and draw them really fast and just hand them off. So you're yeah. still doing that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, going okay. back to the uh, original question, it's... Yeah. And this is probably very typical in this business, but it started with Star Wars for me. Yep. Um, very specifically, um, around the, uh, I was very young, around the age when you start realizing that movies are made, and that they're not real, and that the guy with the hat and the whip is the same as Han Solo. Mm-hmm. I saw this Hollywood movie magic episode on TV with a scene from The Empire Strikes Back, and they have like a snow speeder on a blue screen. And you see the entire process, how slow it is, how many days they spent getting this one shot. And then you see it in the film and it's half a second, you blink and you miss it. Mm-hmm. And there was something, first of all, deeply fascinating about knowing how to make something like this, like deciphering the, the, the magic. Mm-hmm. And also something about the torture of it. Like, really, you spend so much time and so little. Are you crazy? I don't know. It kind of... <laughs> yep. So... um but somewhere growing up, I also had the same uh, uh, lectures as Stina did. But, you know, you, you can't do this for a living. You need a proper education. You can't do it in Denmark. You have to live in the, in yeah. the States if you want to do that. So I, yeah. I tried to become a computer programmer, studied okay. computer science and uh, worked professionally uh, with it for a while. But I looked out the window every single day dreaming of doing Toy Story and Jurassic Park. So I, uh, I wasn't going to be happy there. And eventually uh, broke off with the computer programming, took a, a loan in my apartment and took a year off to create a showreel. I thought I was going to, I had like four months severance from the company. So I thought I was going to create my 20 piece showreel in four months. And I ended up spending a year making a two piece showreel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was enough to get me started on a first uh, commercial and it's been going ever since. So. Wow. Okay. All right. But you guys started your own company. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> okay. So how did that, how did the two of you guys meet up? Like where, where did, where did this all, all this thing well, happen here? 
we've both been working uh, in the business for like 15 years now, right? Yeah, 15, yeah. 17. And we met each other 11 years ago? 13. 13. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but it, it's not until recently that we did this company together because it always felt scary to just, you know, put, what do you call it? Put all your pieces in one. Egg, oh, the eggs in one basket. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but now we, now we can. Well, yeah. what inspired yeah. you guys to do that? I mean, what, what inspires, like, what, what did you want to achieve with, I mean, obviously having your own company means you can do your own creative and stuff, but what, what was some of the things that, that really said, you know, we should do our own company? Because that is a big risk. Of course it is. <laughs> well, I've been freelancing alone for 12 years or so. I did that fairly briefly after we met. And so I've like been doing a, a one-man uh, visual effects thing. Right. Um, like a generalist thing. But I, I've been helping you you out uh, yeah. sometimes, yeah. you know. Beside my own job, I've been working in the evenings on if you needed something for uh, something. It, it seems like there's a na very natural gap between animators and generalists. Like you can find mm -hmm. generalists that can do everything from uh, modeling to lighting to compositing, yep. but they don't they don't animate. Um, yep. We do camera animations. Uh, yep. Maybe even some physically based stuff, but we don't animate. And then there's animators who very often just animate. <laughs> So yep. I've, I've had some uh, advertisements where I needed character animations and Steven would do that sort of on the side. Right. Yes, because when we put our skills together, we can actually do almost the whole pipeline. Yeah, exactly. We're a complete thing. Right. Well, it's only like if it's something difficult, rigging something difficult, we have to hire was... a freelancer or else we can, you know, take it from storyboard all the way to yeah. grading almost not well. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. Generalists can do a lot of stuff, but there's a special kind of skill to animating yeah. that is not because I'm I'm kind of a little bit in your in your boat in your shoes there. But I'm like, yeah. I can. And someone asked me to animate, it's like, ooh, it's gonna look bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you also animated on some of your things, you know. You did. You know, yes. You're, pretty, you're really good with cameras, animating cameras, Thank and you. also. Yeah, that's a different thing. That is a different things thing. and stuff, but if it's, you know, I can't acting. handle putting emotions and performance into something that has a hundred bones. I'm like, why do we even start? I, right. A camera is simple. It's just one thing and it has a curve and a, you know, yeah. but yeah. that's why I come in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, Steen has been doing, um, feature films, Danish animation feature films while I've been doing all these freelancing, right? Yeah, so I mostly had, you know, longer contracts uh, on film projects, like between six months to a year on films. Uh, a few computer games also and TV series. So we've been doing our own stuff, but... And also, we also, a little bit in the beginning, a little bit, if we could, you know, if it could work together, yeah. we would be... or we be two directors fighting each other because we don't both know how it should be done. 
Right. But that, but, but that hasn't been a problem. It's like we always just, we just agree on the beginning of a project, who's the director, and that settles it. So we don't figure about that. Well, that's, that's, that's great. Um, but yeah, I, I can see that my wife, my wife is also a, a VFX person. So I know oh. that if she and I worked together, it would be a challenge <laughs> because we're very strong in our Albert. opinions and stuff. But I get to see her work, et cetera, et cetera. But I can see how you guys, especially if you're, you know, if you're centered more on, on animation and you're more of a generalist, it's a definitely complementary to each other in a lot of ways, uh, right. which, which makes sense. And I know, I know we also sort of, we would favor different styles. Like you would be the Miyazaki emotion person and I would be the one with the action scenes. So, right, very stereotypical, but there it is. Yeah, is it, is yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, let's let's get a, a little landscape uh, of what it, what the, the 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 CG animation VFX world is like in 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 Denmark. Like, what's where? How does how you know? Is there a, a fair amount of work, or what kind of work is generally out there? Right. First of all, the the animation films, the feature films. They're like one percent the budget of, and I mean that literally. I'm not even exaggerating. I mean the last few films you have did, did had one percent the budget of Toy Story Four, I think. Yeah, if we take a Danish feature film versus yeah. a Pixar, yeah, you yeah. could make twenty Danish feature films for one Pixar film. You know, I think so. I think you could make a hundred, literally. Yeah, probably. Yeah, um, and we only like uh, maybe twelve animators compared to I don't know how many are hundred. Sure. Yeah, the credits are really short so, in a Danish feature film. But uh, that also means that because it's a it's a smaller film, you get a, a lot more work done. Uh, of course, you cannot, you know, the footage is a lot bigger, and you can't get into all the nice polishing that you would be able to on a Pixar. But I have a lot of footage under my belt after all these nice. years, and and that's also helped me in you know. Uh, when we're working together because we work really fast mm. I'm used to working fast so we can do a lot and that's that's probably also one of the things that persuaded you to try out this uh, company thing that not always but often on advertisements you would have uh, like less footage to do in a week than on a feature film like maybe 10 seconds in a week instead of 30 yeah, it seconds it sounds crazy right but you actually have to work faster on a Danish feature film than on a commercial, but that's how it is. There's wow. not a lot of money in <laughs> it's, Danish feature. It's simply because we're so few uh, people in Denmark, they sell few tickets, and that makes the budget super low, and they can't even make feature films without having 40% uh, funded um, through official... Yeah, through the Danish uh, Film Institute. Oh, yeah. the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. Okay. So, yeah, um, but other than that, the um, I think the talent pool in Denmark is great and probably large compared to the in percentage of the population. I, I I'm guessing I don't know the numbers. I'm guessing we have percentage wise more visual effects people in Denmark than other countries, most other countries. But we it's, we still are a very small country, so that means it's still a very small business. So everybody knows right. everybody. Right. We do have um, there's Ghost Visual Effects in Copenhagen, which uh-huh. uh, is you know the biggest and best visual effects studio in the country, who have landed all sorts of Hollywood stuff for for years. Mm-hmm. Now they're purchased by an American company, I believe. 
So they're uh-huh. part of an American organization now. Um, like, they're one of the reasons why there's an enormous talent pool, I think, because there's no one. And also, if uh, in my side of the pool, uh, yeah. the animation workshop is one of yeah. the best animation schools yeah. uh, in the world. It's I'm not just saying, but it's been actually uh, appointed over the call. Nice. Um, and they they not only have a animation uh, line now, they also have a CG artist. So they also spit out a lot of talent, talented CG artists. Yeah, definitely. But there's also more and more, um, there are more and more in demand, the good visual effects people, both animators and compositors. Um, when you start out as a freelancer, you're thinking to yourself, I hope there's work for me out there. I hope all the good ones, uh, I hope I can compete with them and that all the good jobs are taken. And every time you land a job, you're grateful. Thank you, I had another job. I'm so lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, the last year has been really crazy in space office visual effects because we've had to hire a lot of people to, to I mean, we, we can't handle all our uh, projects ourselves. We hired 14 people last year, not full time, wow. obviously, but on, on summing up yeah. on, all the, on all the projects. And then you realize how difficult it is to hire people because they're all hired. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so it's like yeah. being on the opposite side of the table. So you realize, oh my god, I hope we I... can get a freelancer for this job. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> the exact opposite of how time. you started out as a freelancer. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, that's um, that's that's interesting. I think you're right. I think that right now the demand for 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 the work is huge. I mean, yeah. with all of the uh, obviously all the streaming networks out there, they're creating tons and tons of movies and tv shows and yeah. things of that nature there's just lots and lots of work um and the pandemic i think really made it so that they realized that people can work from anywhere in the world so it doesn't really matter absolutely. so freelancers are available everywhere <laughs> yeah absolutely and and we're benefiting from that because we have a home office we don't have an office downtown so we don't have room right. for freelancers this to sit here office. um so we rely <laughs> yeah. entirely on remote freelancers and there's there's more of those setups now because they have been freelancing remote the past two years. And mm-hmm. it's surprising to see on LinkedIn that even large studios are looking for remote compositors on classified Hollywood projects that would, prior to Corona, be completely, it would be out of the question <laughs> that people could work remote or something like that. Oh, I know. I know. I know of certain people that are working for a studio, a large studio in New Zealand, shall we say, but they're working out of Los Angeles, yeah, <laughs> right? Which was yeah. impossible to do before that. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, and, and but it's yeah. always been technically possible. It's just been a matter of bosses finding out that it's it's all right. Yeah, it was always like, no, we need the restrictions, et cetera. Et yes, cetera. yes, yeah. yeah so turns out, hey, it turns out when everyone is forced to stay home, lots of things are possible. <laughs> yes, exactly, precisely. <laughs> yeah. So. So yeah, that's very interesting. Okay, well let's let, let me let me find out a little bit about your office. Now, obviously, you said you. It's funny because your office, as you said, is a home office. Yeah. The name of your company is Space Office. So, yeah. <laughs> what inspired that name? Oh my God, we brainstormed for a year. We had so many ideas. Uh huh. Yeah, but I. But then I, I don't know. I don't even know where it came from. But that was pre-Corona, and. Okay. We've been some of the freelancers. I think it that actually came us. from that we really like uh, um, NASA and. Uh, yeah, we're space geeks. Yeah, so, we yeah. love yeah space. 
Yeah. So got it. We wanted something about space. That's also why there's a rocket. Yeah, we've got an office in space because that's cool. Something like that. Yeah. Now at our Christmas party, one of the freelancers commented on the name and said, "It's funny because." First of all, office space is the most boring word in the world. You flip them around, space office, it becomes really cool. And it yep. somehow, somehow signals that we have an office in the cloud because we use remote freelancers. But that wasn't even part of the intention, but it sort of fits <laughs> But our it fits business really model. well now yeah. because it's all out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, when, when did it all start? When, when, when did you guys open the office? Officially two years ago. Oh, so right... Right as the pandemic was starting, or right before. Yeah, we we, we bought the the name yeah, or that's the domain. We... Uh, yeah, two years ago, and then you started putting together the website. And first, it was just you and. Yeah, we didn't launch until after the pandemic started. Yeah. No. I don't remember, but we also had sort of a transition period where we advertised the company with the both of us. Astina was still um, on another feature film, so she wasn't full-time in the company yet, which was also all right because I have been freelancing as, you know, the 3D compositing generalist for a while. And it mm -hmm. would take a while before we sort of let people out there realize that we're now a full-blown animation studio. So there wouldn't be full-time animation jobs for Stine in the beginning anyway. No. Um, so it was a nice trans transition period. So Stine could finish this feature film while we had the website out there signaling that we were two of us now and there was an animation studio. But you said you could feel that because we are suddenly two faces, uh, a woman and a man and uh, on the website, you got more yeah, I got interest feedback. than People just were more interested one in the guy yeah. doing his thing at home. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Big difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find that very, very interesting. Uh, okay, so how uh, starting a company? That that's first of all, that's a big deal, right? You have to when you're starting a company. Generally, you have to have customers before you start the company. How did how did that happen? <laughs> Well, um, since I've been freelancing for 12 years before we started the company, I could drag most of those customers into the new constellation. Right. Um, but we still needed customers for the animation department, like to, to, to let people yeah, realize. Because mostly it's just VFX. Yeah. With a little bit of yeah. a little side dish yeah. of animation. Yeah, we don't want to <laughs> run the company like 90% me and 10% Steve, right? We want, we want more animation in there. so. Right. We were wondering how that was going to work out. And it just so happened that at the right timing last summer, um, a game studio, Flashbulb Games, contacted us about their uh, computer game, Rubber Bandits, that they needed a trailer for. Okay. And so suddenly we were doing like one minute full animation projects. We've done three trailers for them now. So that was just the right timing to launch us as a full-blown animation studio. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. So that's, that's pretty exciting. Is that, that's, I mean, how did you, I mean, do, is it word of mouth? I mean, what's the best way to get, get your customers? I mean, if it's just the two of you and you're doing uh, all the work. The flashbulb thing was actually just one of my animation friends. They asked him first because he had 
done something from the for them a few years ago and then I asked him if he could do something and he said oh I don't have time but uh, ask Stina and Space Office uh, yeah. they can probably do something and then mm-hmm. I, I, I think they actually just expected a, a little bit of I don't know what they, uh, something smaller than we actually ended up with but I think when we started brainstorming together and we told them what they could get and what we could do it kind of grew became bigger and bigger and ended up as uh, small films yeah action movies. So tell, tell us yeah. a little bit about the pro tell us a little bit more detail about the project like what is it about and how does it work and you know where, where, what's it's a little bit more about it we had like a brainstorm session with them what yeah that, had- that let's uh, that the computer game is like uh this uh kind of call it a brawler a multiplayer brawler yeah Okay. It's a really silly game where you just you are robbers and you rob a bank uh, and you you can shoot with rocket launchers and crowbars and throw the office chairs around and the computer screens and you can blow things up and you can hit each other. It's just like a, and it's all wrecked also. They're just running around like this and hitting each other. Yeah, it's a crazy and game. It's like a, Perfect Friday party. <laughs> Yes, Most like uh, that sounds drink awesome. a few beers uh, at a Friday bar and play with your, <laughs> with your friends. It's like it's, uh, uh, one game is like one minute and you just, yeah, it's really silly. Um, that sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. And then they, they had, we looked at the different scenarios um, and they wanted the one kind of a story about a robbery at a bank. So we... We selected one of their locations and then we yeah, we came up with a story and you storyboarded it. Um, it was like, what is it, 40 seconds of yeah, I think so. the we, story we, of three, four robbers robbing a bank and then they backstab each other and... <laughs> yeah, we pitched like five uh, different versions yeah. before they settled on one. Yeah. There was some back and okay. forth. Today. Yeah, and then they were so pleased with it. Um, they wanted another one, so we had another heist on. Uh, it was on uh, two trucks down a highway, and uh, and then they wanted another one. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when we started hiring a lot of people because we needed an extra animator, we needed character modelers because we we got all the in-game geometry, and for all the non-hero stuff, it was renderable as it was. It just needed uh, V-Ray materials, but we could use their vertex colors and their textures and their normal maps. Sure. And, but for all the hero stuff, hero props and hero characters, we needed remodeling, retopology, etc. Mm-hmm. So we hired people for that. Uh, we had a set dresser. Um, we had a rigger. Prop modelers. Yeah. Um, yeah, and a project coordinator, because when you have a lot of people, you need more people to handle the people you have. Yep. Um, <laughs> and that was great. And um, um, as we're probably going to get into later, or as you probably want to ask us sometime, is we uh, we use Chaos Cloud for the Yeah, I heard about that. That's, there's no way that we, on our small setup, we just have our two workstations here, uh, one each. We would never, ever be able to do a film like that. No, 40 seconds full CG with motion blur and uh, depth of field. Also, we try to keep the cost down by keeping the, the manpower down per shot. So instead of rendering out 
40 shots in 10 passes. That would be 400 passes. Um, somebody needs to composite that. So we render out with 3D depth of field, 3D motion blur. So the, um, the frame that comes out is, is almost finished. And we use the, um, not to get too technical, but the V-Race uh, back to beauty render mode, which renders out a, a number of layers that you can just add in compositing. Yep. Like a mathematical add, and you will get the original beauty render back. So we could tweak the reflection pass, the global illumination tint, etc., etc. So they were tweaked in compositing, but it was a minimum of stuff, and it was practically the same setting throughout the entire. And it's great when you are the compositor, and we have forty shots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so right. it, there's there's a cost for that for rendering like that, uh, rendering all that with no flickering, but that's a lot cheaper than compositing, heavy compositing on 40 shots. And sure, every now and then we need to re-render a shot completely. But uh, you just put that in the budget. Um, of course, it's an estimate that you you have to guess at the beginning of the project when you bid on it, how much it's gonna cost to render it. But yeah, how do you come up with that estimate? Like, how do you say like, okay, well, I'm gonna imagine I'm gonna render this thing three times and it's gonna yeah. be about this much a frame. We've We've used the cloud so much. I have a spreadsheet um, oh. of uh, examples because, of course, uh, different things take different time to render. Sure. Um, if you have a spaceship that f flies in from a distance and uh, flies past the camera, the closer it gets to camera, the more expensive the frames are. So you can't even say what does a spaceship cost. This w these were all full frame CG renders, so they had a very consistent cost. Yep. And now that we've done that, I have an even better spreadsheet with data in. So. Basically, I can type in what kind of shot we're doing. Is it full frame uh, animation? Is it partly a frame? Like if we're doing live action visual effects, you're not typically not rendering the entire frame. You're rendering an element that will be in a, in a live action plate. Mm -hmm. Or is it? does it involve um, a water effect, which takes an enormous amount of time to render? Also something we've done a lot of, which we required, um, rely entirely on Chaos Cloud to render. Yeah, but I have to tell that you've been with Chaos Cloud for uh, all the way back on when they first started, right? You started. Yeah, yeah, I rendered a lot of water stuff when it was completely free because they were in beta. <laughs> yeah, you kind of uh, cr you oh, crest the system. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember when the, someone was using a ton of credits. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm, I, I probably actually, you. you know. I crashed it, and you know, I gave it. I gave it too much water. Well, that's fine. I mean, that's what <laughs> betas are for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's to crash it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, in the beginning, you might be worried about the cost of something like that, but considering an entire, I mean, the the the, the personnel cost of render of a forty second full animation projects, the rendering is not that big a deal. So you just put no. A figure in the budget and okay so go. let's let, maybe you don't have this number in mind but let's say you're doing a 40 second piece right and mm -hmm. you have a budget of let's i'm just going to use an, a number yeah. to uh, let's say it's a million dollars whatever it is okay million dollars um how much would you spend on rendering is that like hundred thousand dollars ten percent twenty percent uh, first of all, the budgets you mentioned there are just nowhere near anything. Anything. No, I don't. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's, think, let's pretend. Let's pretend we're doing a million dollar project. <laughs> okay. We can't. We can't give the figure that the, the project cost. 
Um, right. here, percentage, but, so <laughs> yeah, percentage is about 10%. 10% is what you're spending on rendering. Yeah. Okay. That's probably like one person. Yeah, but I mean, you know, we, we're in a home office. We, we don't yeah. pay an office rent. We don't have this crazy rack of a server standing no. uh, in the corner, yeah. heating up the whole place. Um, yeah. so. So we we're saving some costs in another place, and then so we spend it there. I think it's yeah, it's a good cost, and you put it on you know on the invoice. You mm. are very clear from the beginning when we yeah. when we sent the budget to the client. It's like, and then there's this amount for rendering. Mm. So it's not like right they don't know it or it's part of it. It's how it is. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. You know, it's funny you said about heating. I remember many, many years ago, there was a company that started that was going to do cloud computing heaters. And it was basically <laughs> you buy you buy this for your house and it heats up your house by doing compute cycles. And you turn up the heat, more compute cycles goes towards the, the, the computer. It was a weird <laughs> idea. <laughs> It was a very strange idea. Anyway, I like this idea of what you guys are doing and saying you just built it into the, uh, into the budget, uh, which makes mm -hmm. total sense. So you guys do all of your rendering through, like, through the cloud at this point? As much as possible. Um, I still have some issues with uh, Tyflow for 3D Studio Max. I have some cache issues, uh, some freeze frame stuff. I hope that's going to be worked out. But sometimes if you're just making one of your many explosions that you love to do in the evening, uh, then it's, you just do it at home, right? Or is it the sim you do at home? There's <laughs> no. always the something sims, going on. Sim, yeah. Yeah, the, the sims you, can't, you have to do locally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But there's always something going on at Jonas's screen. It's, like, <laughs> it's always like working on some kind of explosion or whatever. But you don't have any farm. You only have your no. two workstations, you said, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Well, I think it's I think it's great. I mean, I think it's great that you guys use that. I mean, did you guys have this always in mind? Or you must, since you said you were one of the first people to use Chaos Cloud, you probably were very familiar with how it worked and everything, because it's been around for a while, right? Yeah. But in the beginning, we talked about, oh, should we buy some extra computers or, yeah. you know, or do the, where you put your computer to render every time you sleep or but it's just it's also becomes so stressful if you only have two computers you know that even before you finish the last shot you have to start rendering at first or else you don't have any computer power so you you know in this way we can almost animate everything finished mm. and then just press render and if we are tight on time it's just put more creative yeah um <laughs> And that's literally the exact same thought as the difference between hiring staff or hiring freelancers, right? Because mm -hmm. one is probably lower in hourly cost, but then you then you're stuck with uh, you know five employees. You need to keep giving salaries and uh, rent their uh, the office space and uh, the computers and the licenses. Freelancers mm -hmm. are more expensive. You hire them whether you need them, and you right. put the freelance uh, salaries in the budget. So that's it. It's easy. It's it's very scalable. We're scalable because. We're small it's more predictable. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Sometimes we'll have the need for 14 people. Sometimes it's just the two of us. So we just need everything really scalable. 
I wouldn't right. want to maintain a render farm of 20 computers. I mean, no, then we would, need to hire someone to do be? that anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, and they devalued the minute they came home. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, so the and farm then is constant. breaks, and you can't figure it out, and you have to hire some yeah. guy who knows how to send it to the cap. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. That's painful. <laughs> so this is okay. actually really cool for a business like us. This on server and cloud rendering. Mm. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And the cloud, I mean, I think it's and it, the, I've used Chaos Cloud, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but one of the things I like the most about it is, is like, go there's like it's just a one it's so yeah. simple there's not much to think about it <laughs> it just does it yeah i haven't used other um cloud services for rendering i've used local render farms where you have the problem that all the render nodes the needs all the software and all the plugins uh you can't put someone something in your uh you know local folder uh and use that texture because those computers won't have that anyway which, by the way, obviously, you should never do. But the way I believe Chaos Cloud works is that client side, even without the cloud, if you render something in V-Ray, 3D Studio Max or Maya, whatever you're using, first, before the V-Ray rendering part starts, there's like a V-Ray scene converter. So it will convert everything in your scene, every plugin, every Olympic, every Typhlo, whatever you have, to a V-Ray description of the scene. Mm -hmm. And that can be rendered in a standalone V-Ray uh, on any computer, regardless of any plugin that was used in the original scene, because the original scene is gone. Now you only have V-Ray data. Yep. So that's why the Chaos Cloud can render anything, really, regardless of plugins. I do have some Typhlow mishappenings, like I said, but... but Well, it'll upload, it'll upload anything that's referenced in the VR scene file, right? So... Yeah. So if you have a texture, it'll upload that. If you have an Olympic yeah. file, it'll yeah. upload that, yeah. right? Uh, the cool thing is that it's very smart in the sense that it'll only upload it once. If, yes. you, if you go to a different scene, it'll see that it's the same file and it won't upload it again. I noticed that <laughs> when I do uh, tsunami stuff rendering, it can yeah. upload the cache for probably two hours or something, um, yeah. which is, you know, it's a long time to wait. Um, it's a short time compared to if I had to render it at home, but still used to watching one progress bar, just hope nothing goes wrong. But once I have that uploaded, if I change my mind about the lighting or the rendering or the camera or the render settings, and I want to upload the entire scene again, it's 10 seconds because it recognizes that the cache is the same. Unless of course, if I resim, it's another cache, it would need to re-upload. Right. Now that's interesting. Okay, so let's talk about your internet connection and working from home. <laughs> How does well, that? We used to live in Copenhagen where we had fiber, um, right. and then we moved uh, to the countryside. And before we moved here, we checked like on a website, like can I get fiber dot com or something, mm -hmm. and it said yeah, sure, that's fiber. And then we move in, and we can't get fiber. Uh, so we have the fastest non-fiber connection we can get. And it's, okay. it's been pretty good. It's the download yeah. is the same a thousand megabit. Yeah, you can get that everywhere. Almost. Yeah. So, but it's always the upload that is there. Yeah, that's that's yeah. half. So it takes two hours to upload a water service instead of one hour. You know, 
Okay. That's yeah. still pretty darn good. It's better than we have in the U.S. I have fiber at home, so I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but 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 uh, yeah, it's the it's it's the it's the upload that kills you. I used to have when I first moved to this house, we didn't have fiber, and the fastest I could get was 100 megabit download and seven oh, megabit no. upload. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's really slow. So, uh, we but now have luckily, a I, no, 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 you couldn't. Yeah, I, I was when I started working from home because of the pandemic, and I got fiber like six months before. I was like, oh, thank God. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, because okay. Tina has that, been working also um, on a feature film in Norway through remote. Yeah, it was just VPN. Yeah, yeah, so, VPN. Yeah, no, pr no problem. Oh, so you still do you still you still do freelance work as well for for other companies or whatever? Yeah, right now Jonas is really busy uh, doing some uh, live action stuff. He's a visual effects supervisor on a daily TV show, so he's on on set, being set supervisor or, or nice. visual effects supervisor. So he's away. So when he's you know he's quite busy with that. So then I just figure out. I go to my my old places where I used to work and ask if they have something or they ask me and I always nice. find something. So I've been doing something for a company in Norway and there was no problem. I was just sitting here at home and then just remoting, uh, you know, controlling a computer in Oslo. <laughs> yep. Um, and right now I'm working for a company in Copenhagen doing the same, you know, just VPN, no problem. Right. Right. So, <coughs> yeah. But it's also actually much nicer to work like that when you're uh, an animator, I think, because sometimes on some projects I, you know, I had to, you know, have to download all the Maya files and then there's always some reference that you can't find and some texture that is missing and, you know, when it's not, the drive is not called the same or, you know, all, the, yeah. all those problems you always have in the beginning you know but you're also and, more dependent on smooth playback right than a compositor for instance yeah but yeah it's yeah but when i'm remoting it's all everything is on their computer and on their server so i'm just you know <laughs> controlling their computer so i don't have that problem so i i, I actually enjoy that that is that something that I mean that, that actually I'm curious about that so hmm? when when you guys are hiring your freelancers do they have to have their own computer and their licenses yeah. and everything else yeah uh, some and sometimes we've bought a license for people yeah, yeah we could we rent monthly licenses we did that for 3d studio max for the rubber bandits yeah okay. because not many people have max as a license at home <laughs> right um, but the modelers have Maya and the compositors have uh, Nuke Indie. Nuke Indie is also just a great timing with the, the pandemic. So we right. have compositors on a, for the first time ever, uh, an affordable Nuke license for a, a one person company. And they can sit at home and do 4K stuff. What's the restrictions of Nuke Indie? There's a resolution restriction and it's just around 4K. Like three, it's three. It's a number of pixels. It's just below right. 4K. Um, and there are some uh, plugins. It doesn't have the Nuke X functionality, obviously. Sure. 
some, I think there's some restrictions on third-party plugins, but apart from that, it's a completely functional nuke. Right. You've got the 3D workspace and everything. And you can pay for it. Yeah, exactly. It's affordable. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's really great. Uh, well, that's 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 amazing. I think I think it's really cool that you guys have figured out how to how to make this work, and that you started a studio. I mean, did, did, what, what was your thoughts about starting a studio just as this pandemic was happening? Like, like how did that? How did your thought process about that happen? It was a slow start because I remember we were working on the logos and the website before the pandemic. Yeah, but in the beginning of the pandemic, I was still working for other people. Yeah. So I was mm -hmm. still doing a feature film and, uh, and some other commercials, I think. Yeah. You're looking for uh, some, some uh, great stories about when we started and when we got the clients. And no, when I'm we not got looking the for that. I'm not looking at that. I'm just it's, thinking it's about a, like the philosophy of, yeah. of like, oh, I... I'm working from home. I'm going to be working. I didn't know how long I was going to be working from home. So no. I didn't, you know, but, but the, the, I mean, the idea is like, you've, you've actually founded this company right at a time when things were changing about how you yeah. work from home. Uh, and I think it's very interesting to think of like, this company is born out from that period as opposed to yeah. having an office yeah. or anything else. I think it's, it's a coincidence that the company started at the same time for the pandemic, but I think the pandemic has actually, in some ways, helped us. It definitely has, it definitely has. Now, the whole birth of the project of the company is something that spans like a year from, uh, like I think a half a year before the pandemic to half a year after. It's a very slow start and sure. I started first and Stina sort of on the side and already mm -hmm. had some clients, so. But the pandemic actually also made us realize that we can work from anywhere. We had yeah. always been living in Copenhagen because we felt we had to, because that's where all the work is. We realized we could actually afford a house. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, But then we had to move outside Copenhagen. And uh, How far outside of Copenhagen do you live? <laughs> it's like... Uh, 70 kilometers? Yeah, 70 kilometers. Okay. So it's like an hour in a car, but we don't need to go there. Which is like one-fourth... As far as you can drive in Denmark, because <laughs> yeah, Denmark is very small. You can't drive more than four hours. <laughs> no. Coast to coast. No. Uh, yeah. Well, I, if I drove from the top of Los Angeles, you know, at yeah. the top of the valley down to Long Beach, it's two hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm in the same city the whole yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. It was in, and for me to drive, you know, that's another thing for me when I was, I, I live in Burbank and our offices in Culver City and it was with traffic in LA it was an hour plus every day in one direction so it was like ugh. Yeah, yeah I can imagine it gives you a lot of freedom I think this gives you I mean what it seems to me what I'm very impressed with what you guys have done is that you've taken advantage of this situation be it by accident or not by accident it doesn't mm. matter <laughs> that that you guys have been able to do your office and do the kind of things that you guys do um, and and make you know something kind of special and live the lives that you guys wanted to live <laughs> yeah also now that we are ourselves 
most of the time when I'm not working for other people, we are also more free with the kids. We have two yeah. uh, kids, uh, uh, a 10 year old and uh, five, five and a half. Mm-hmm. And it's just getting every day to work, you know, who's picking up and yeah, who's doing the dinner and all that. It's a lot easier when you're, you're your own yeah. boss. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. can get a little bit stressed when I work for other people because I was like, oh, I haven't put in my eight hours today. I need to work one hour t- uh, tonight and all that. So, yeah, and when somebody hires you for eight hours per day at their company, you, you can't outsource half of it to a freelancer if you want to. Like, <laughs> I'm taking half of next week off. Here's somebody else, you know. But in our company, we can hire however uh, many we need to help out. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on the budget. Of <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like the fact that I can go grocery shopping at three o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday if I find the time yeah, to do it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> or pick yeah. up parcels at the post office, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's it's a it's a it is definitely a freedom that I think is uh more sanity in a lot of ways. Yeah, we also got a little tradition now that every Friday we go to the local town and buy a sandwich and then we go to the beach and sit in the car and eat, <laughs> eat the sandwich oh, nice. just because we can. I, I hoped that in summertime we'll not be sitting in the car at the beach, but maybe we <laughs> <laughs> at the beach. But yeah. Nice. When did you guys move to your to your house? Not too long ago apparently, right? Yeah, a year and three months. Okay. Ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well this has been this has been a great Great thing. I what 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 do you, what's what's what, what can we look forward in the future from you guys? Like, what what's some of the things exciting coming up? Um, we're going to do feature films, like uh, being sole vendors on feature films. Um, okay. So far, Danish feature films. Um, mm-hmm. Who knows what what comes next? We're gonna we're can gonna try to land more and more feature films. Just are you allowed as, to tell anything? <laughs> well, we well, are looking look forward to it. right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, we got um, a lot to look forward to, and I'm sure we'll have a story about it at some point, <laughs> especially yeah. if it's using Chaos Cloud. <laughs> oh, it will be. It will be good. 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 Well, that's exciting. All right. Well, we'll definitely look forward to that. And when around when do you think the news of that will come out? For Christmas. For cr- Christmas. Okay. Very so specific. we've got about a year. About yeah. a year to to do that. Yeah. Okay, that's great. <laughs> Very excited to, to hear more about that. Well, it was awesome talking to you guys. Thank you guys so much Likewise. for coming on. Sina and Jonas, I really appreciate it. It's just really cool, cool work that you guys are doing and just fun to, to hear, you know, the idea of you guys starting this company. And uh, Space Office is really great. And yes, it is very different than Office Space. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for inviting us. 